Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishwell Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. It has been such a busy and frantic last couple of weeks. I don't know about you all, if you have kids or not, but um, summer just let out a few weeks ago and it's just been one thing after another. I had a girlfriend's bachelorette party um, over Memorial Weekend and then I was away for about five to six days in Boston for an acupuncture course and I'm finally back in town and just relaxing for a little bit, but there's just so much stuff to do. It just feels like, I don't know if you all remember as a kid, how exciting it was whenever summer would let out because there would be no alarms. You wouldn't have to wake up early. You could go to sleep late, but for adults, it's a little bit different just because it doesn't really change the fact that we still have to work. There are things to do always things to do. Um, but now there's summer on top of that and just, just feels like just so busy. Sometimes you just need to take a breath and just have a moment. So right now I am home with no one at home. My son is gone for a month and my husband's out of town. So it's just been a really nice, relaxing, quiet time with just the animals. So I'm just looking forward to just a little bit of rest. Um, So a lot has been going on and I am just excited to wrap up this season. We have just a few more episodes left with some great, great guest speakers, um, guests on the episode on the podcast. So I don't want to belabor just chatting with you all. I just kind of miss just talking with you all, but, um, I want to introduce this next um, guest, and this is for episode number 74, and it's with Dr. Wendy Schofer. And her episode title is actually called Shed the Shoulds, which I think is so great, especially since I just talked about how busy I've been and how busy I know a lot of you are. Um, a lot of us, and myself included, We tend to say, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, or I should have done this, or should have done that. And so should is kind of a word that I have tried to really just eliminate from my vocabulary. And I try to catch myself every time I say to myself or say out loud, oh, I should be doing this. Um, Actually, no. (laughs) And so I've tried over the last year or so, or maybe even longer, just to really be mindful whenever I have the desire to say should to reframe that type of thought process and why, um, and kind of think about why I'm saying that. So Wendy and I talked quite a bit in, in this episode, and I really enjoy talking to her. And I just want to share with her, with you um, a little bit about what she said was her journey into why she decided to choose the, the phrase, shut the shoulds. So she is actually um, a, a pediatrician and a lifestyle physician and family life and weight coach. And so she talked about how in her first 16 years of pediatric 
practice, she grew tired with the thought that she wasn't really able to help families address their concerns about family nutrition and being overweight. And she said that the BMI would be identified, a brief intake would be reviewed, reassurance recommendations provided, and then it'd be the same process over and over again without really getting anywhere. And so um, she started shifting her time to community projects, thinking that the answer to pediatric overweight and obesity was in the community, but that families were still receiving the same message that feels out of reach, out of touch, or out of sync with where they are. And so she talked about to me how she was searching for an effective pediatric obesity prevention program, and she came across the concept of coaching, understanding the belief systems underlying our relationships with food, with our loved ones, and our medical belief system, and our fears of as parents of not doing it right, um, the obesity epidemic, that our own journey with weight and food keeps us from raising our kids to be healthy. All of that was getting in the way. Um, and so uh, the truth is the feeling of failure is there and it's hard to be hopeful when all you receive is tip sheets and a big dose of judgment. And so that's kind of where the word, uh, where the phrase shut the shoulds come into play. Um, I had a lot of fun chatting with her. We probably could have talked a long time. I really love coaching. I think coaching is a great tool to add to your regimen. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I know there's so much more um, that you can glean out of this episode. And so I'm trying to keep this intro to a minimum and I want you to really take a listen to this episode. But um, I want to tell you how you can reach out to Dr. Schofer. Her website is www.wendyshofermd.com. I will leave all this information in the show notes. You can look at her full bio on our blog, wishwell.health.blog and our Instagram, wishwell.health. So until next week, I hope you all take care, stay safe and healthy. If you are somewhere where it's really hot, um, I hope you get some shade and some AC. Um, but other than that, enjoy your summer wherever it is that you are. And I will talk to you all again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dane with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishwell podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Wendy Schofer. She is a pediatrician, lifestyle physician, and life and weight coach for families. And we were just chatting just a few minutes ago before we started recording. She is located in Chesapeake, Virginia. We were talking about how right now it's beautiful weather, but I'm actually, I'm in Houston, as, as a lot of you are aware, and the allergy pollen count is crazy right now. And so I'm, I'm suffering a little bit from allergies. So if uh, if you hear me kind of feeling a little bit raspy or coughing, that's what it is. So I do apologize in advance, but welcome, Wendy. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you so much. I am doing very well. And it is such a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. And your word or phrase for health and women's health and wellness today is actually shed the shoulds, which I think is such a great phrase because I personally catch myself whenever I say I should be doing this or you should be doing that. Um, I definitely catch myself and say, okay, mentally take a note that I, I need to stop saying that. So tell us a little bit about why you chose this phrase and why it's so important for you. Sure. So, you know, it, it's something as I'm looking at, you know, a lot of the narrative around uh, family health you know, with all the different things that we should be doing, how we should be eating, how we should be moving, how we should be uh, sleeping. 
And it's just funny how it comes down to this long list of all the shoulds. And it's no big surprise that we have so much resistance when we start talking with our children about all these different healthy habits and patterns, and it's all coming across as a should. So it's something that as I was looking into uh, family wellness, trying to change that narrative, how do we start engaging with our kids in order to be able to create that healthy lifestyle, the patterns that we want in our lives without it coming down as a should. It always seems to build, oh, I don't know, like a, a resistance as soon as someone tells you that you should be doing something. So that's where I tend to, to look at shedding those shoulds. Um, and another way, a lot of people always think of shedding with weight as well, but that's just a, a byproduct, if you will, if we can get rid of this, this narrative of always having to do something the shoulds. Yes, definitely agree. And I know I, like I said before, I really struggle with that a lot of times as well, because I catch myself talking to my son who is turning 12 about all the things that he should and shouldn't be doing. So how did you kind of get into the life coaching or the lifestyle physician, life and weight coaching? Talk to us a little bit about your, your personal journey. Sure thing. And I'm trying to figure out at what point do I want to pick up that thread. <laughs> so um, I practiced primary care pediatrics uh, for quite a number of years. And I found myself just quite honestly, I loved working with the families so very much, but I found myself getting frustrated that I, I didn't seem to be doing a lot of say moving, helping them move along in their health journeys where I had kids who had increasing BMIs and talking in the office about, you know, how they should be eating more vegetables, moving more, drinking more water, all of those shoulds coming up. And, you know, maybe they didn't meet the threshold to go and get referred to the nutritionist or to the healthy lifestyles clinic. And so we'd say, all right, I'll see you back in a couple of months. And it didn't really seem to change anything. And so I, I grew kind of frustrated because I didn't know what else there was out there. And with my frustrations, I quite honestly pulled back that I wasn't working as much in the office. I started moving out into the community and working with a nonprofit that was uh, focused on the social determinants of health and how we could improve health uh, for our, our local population. And during my time with that organization, I was looking into different programs for pediatric diabetes prevention and trying to see, well, what is out there that I could bring into uh, our kind of repertoire as we were looking at, at addressing these social determinants of health. And I came across the concept of lifestyle medicine at that point. And I looked at it and I was like, this is a thing? Like lifestyle medicine, this, this is what I do. This is how I work within my own family and you know, with my uh, patients as well, looking at nutrition and sleep and looking at movement, 
um, looking at all the different ways that folks can engage within their community, within their family, and use their lifestyle as their primary prevention, as their medicine. Um, well, primary, secondary, you could use it all along the way. <laughs> but I was like, I can't believe this is a thing. And I dove into it more. I was like, no, 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 this is actually what what it means to me. My goal is to never prescribe another medicine again. Mm -hmm. My goal is to not have to go and make different referrals to different specialists. I want to be able to help my families use their lifestyle as their way of achieving wellness, of achieving their health, their fitness. And so that really kind of opened up a new world for me that I could really say, okay, there are other people here with me that are using these modalities, uh, looking at the nutrition, the movement, the sleep, the social connectedness, um, the stress, uh, uh, stress relief, and uh, really using those modalities to achieve wellness. I love that. And, um, and definitely, I think lifestyle medicine, and so many of these other new, relatively newer specialties of medicine are so great in addressing kind of more of the preventative aspect of um, health and wellness, rather than just, you know, treating, treating diagnoses with medications. And I love the shift that we are seeing nowadays. It, it is a wonderful shift, and it's something that I think is long overdue. Yes. We've, we've had this in the background, but I don't think that we've really been talking about it or maybe like fully embracing it and kind of shouting it from the mountaintops like, listen, we, we have another way and it doesn't have to be those, you know, the long <laughs> pharmaceutical commercials that are mm -hmm. on in between every single show. There is a different way to approach your health. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you brought lifestyle medicine into addressing pediatric obesity in your practice. Yeah, so at that point, I actually was transitioning out of my practice. That's the crazy part. So I was working as a, uh, a contractor at that point in time, and the contract changed. And I... Uh, decided not to continue with that contract. And so I was kind of having this moment in time thinking, what on earth am I doing my, with myself right now? I love primary care pediatrics and I'm not practicing primary care. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did find another position uh, that was a great fit for me so that I could continue working within the nonprofit and so the, the volunteerism within the community. And that took a much larger role for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I actually started working pediatric uh, urgent care mm -hmm. clinically um, as a, a small portion of, a, of an FTE. And then the rest of the time was working within the community. And really I, I kept on looking at it from the standpoint of the answer for pediatric obesity, but also just wellness in general, it's not going to come down to the medical office. It's really trying to meet families in the community, in their homes, get out of 
the office. And that's where that all kind of fit with where I was going with my medical practice as well. Excellent. And yes, I mean, I definitely do believe that when it comes to the problem of obesity, there's so much education that needs to be done. And so tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you in terms of going out into the community. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times what I do is actually just try to understand where the family is. So I'm doing this alongside my urgent care practice. Okay. So they're not coming in saying, I want treatment for my obesity, but there are other concerns that come up along the way. Cause you can always pepper in a couple of questions about, Hey, how are things going? What can I help you out with here? What are your concerns about? Well, especially right now about physical activity for your family during COVID about access to um, healthful foods during COVID. So the pandemic really kind of opened up the opportunity for me to be able to have these conversations very easily mm-hmm. within the urgent care setting, even though that's not what they were coming in for. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that families are so open to having these conversations. It's like they, they're very welcoming, welcoming of someone just saying, I'm here, I'm listening. I want to hear about your experience. I want to hear about your challenges and see how we can work together. Yes. And I definitely agree with that. I think um, for many people in the medical field, or if you're in a practice, a traditional practice, a lot of us feel the pressure of not having that time to sit down and talk with a patient, with a family, just because we have to meet a certain quota or, you know, we have to, you know, see a certain number of patients do a certain number of procedures. And so without that time, we don't have the capacity to really, um, you know, communicate or talk to the patient or their families. I completely understand that. And that was a big part of my challenge when I was doing my full-time primary care and feeling like I was trying to squeeze every last moment and every last bit of education and connection and resources. And then I'd move on to the next patient (laughs) And, and just feeling like I was just burning all of that there in the office, which quite honestly is why I started looking more and more to Um, get out of the office myself for my own mental health, to be very honest with you, but also thinking it wasn't all coming down to me. Why did I think that I, as the pediatrician, was the only one responsible or able to help this family or to connect them with what else they needed? I'm so glad that you you kind of found a way to combine all these things together. And I want to go back to your phrase, which was shut the shoulds. Talk to us a little bit about your thought process or what goes on whenever you have this, this discussion with a patient or with a patient's family about shutting the shoulds. Yeah. So a lot of what I do is just try to understand what the concerns are that the parents have in the first place. So a lot of times um, 
I'll, I'll take it actually outside of uh, urgent care. So more of when I'm talking about um, the concerns about family and pediatric overweight in more of a, a coaching um, uh, scenario. And the, the parents approach me because of their concerns about you know, their child's weight or what they're eating, what they're not eating. And um, the parent's concern about what this is going to mean in the long run. There's such a fear of pediatric overweight. Mm -hmm. What is going to be the outcome? What it, does this mean that they're going to be obese? Does this mean that they're going to have um, medical complications of this, look at our family history, and we have all these other medical concerns that are going on. So there's a lot of fear that comes up. And then the shoulds start coming in too. Well, we've been told that this is what we should be doing. We should be eating this way. We should be moving this much and this way. And so there's just a lot of these kind of rules that are coming in that the parents like, what am I supposed to do here? I can't even get my kid to eat this. They don't want to move. They don't want to go and do these things, but that's what I hear. I, you know, should be doing all of this for my child. You know, it's interesting. I just want to, sorry, interrupt really fast is that this whole concept, I feel like starts from the time that the baby is even in utero, like in the womb, in terms of how big they are. And then once they're born, we look at the growth charts, whether they're at the appropriate percentile. So I think it, it's almost like it's ingrained in us from the time the child is very, very young. Because I know I myself, when when my son was young and he wasn't on the growth chart, I was like, he he should be eating this much. And and then it be and then many parents become almost obsessive about it. I mean, I know I was. We are always trying to compare to others and those growth charts, oh, I, I have such a love-hate relationship with them as a pediatrician <laughs> because we're always plotting it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're too small, you're too big. Mm -hmm. It's like this crazy Goldilocks kind of scenario that's mm -hmm. going on here. Mm -hmm. And you know, my kids have been on any which end of this growth chart. And I, I can, that's the thing. It's a lived experience here, understanding that it's like, okay, I have a child in front of me and then there's this growth chart. And are we going to focus on my child? Or are we going to focus on the numbers and the plot and trying to make them somehow get up or down or, you know, all which yeah. way on the growth chart. Um, so it, it's just trying to take the whole concept of the whole child and to really understand, okay, I have an individual child that I'm trying to compare to this population mm -hmm. <laughs> based growth curve. And we need to look at, at the individual and then also taking that to the individual family, understanding mm -hmm. the concept of the family which I think of as the, the primary unit to really discuss all of the, the growth and nutrition. Like it, it's a family-based unit. 
So, um, so what I'm hearing is that it's just, it's very individualized. And so what you like to do is you sit down with the, with the family and kind of discuss why they're, why they they have this idea or this feeling that they should be doing X, Y, and Z, and then kind of addressing it on an individual family basis. I, I do. And a lot of it is to really understand what um, types of, of beliefs the parents have coming into this. So what kind of things do they think that they should be doing? How is it that they think that their role as a parent is guiding what's happening for their child? Because we have a lot of those thoughts about what it means for us to be a good parent. And then if our child is too low on the growth curve. Well, am I not being a good parent here? Mm-hmm. If my child is too big on the growth curve. So we start talking about, you know, the elevated BMI and overweight. Well, what does that mean about me and my parenting? How am I doing this for my child? And so that's where there's a lot of that, you know, kind of understanding what does this really mean for the parent? And so I ask a lot of those types of questions to really understand where they're coming from instead of just saying, this is what you need to do. You need to go and move. You need to go and, you know, get a a particular number of calories and servings and all of that. It's really trying to understand, well, what does this mean to me as a parent? What does this mean in my family? now that we're looking at my child's growth. And I love that because um, it really is about the relationship or almost like a conversation that you have between you and the parent or the family rather than you being the physician just directing kind of almost in a paternalistic role, just telling the parent or the family like this is what you need to be doing. So kind of almost like meeting the family wherever they are in their journey. Yes, indeed. And, and that's the big difference, I think, because, I, and I will take it back to that journey where I was talking about being a general pediatrician mm-hmm. and then getting into lifestyle medicine. This approach that I'm taking right now is completely from my coaching background. Mm-hmm. It's not me wearing the expert hat of the physician. It's me wearing the hat of the coach who's really trying to understand the dynamics of the family. What is it that the family really wants? What what do the parents want here? And I got to tell you, more than anything, the family, the parents want to have a, a, a relationship with their child. They want to foster that relationship. They want to foster a healthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the question of, well, what about the weight? What do we do there? You know, are we holding? Are we losing? And that is something that is kind of secondary to, but I don't want to lose track of this relationship with I, that I have with my child. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have these food fights that are mm-hmm. taking away from the relationship that we have. And it's interesting because it definitely goes both ways, not only for um, obesity, but also for the children who may be underweight and, um, you know, you want them to ideally have more of a healthy relationship with food, not just, you know, eat more so you can gain weight, 
which happens a lot in my household, or eat less so you can lose weight. Yes, and actually I take the same approach with um, having that discussion about, uh, in particular, when we start talking about picky eating mm-hmm. or, you know, having the, the lower weight, making sure that we're not just trying to, you know, give supplements or pound in the calories. It's really trying to understand what is the relationship that is being cultivated with this child and food mm-hmm. so that they can see the food is, is their fuel and not just something that we're just trying to stuff in whatever we can around the edges and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of giving them a free pass on things because, you know, they're underweight mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Well, what about creating those lifelong patterns so that they're going to have that pattern of healthy eating over their lifespan? I love that. <clears throat> Well, um, so I told you earlier before we started recording that time will fly by and we are running out of time, but um, I definitely, I know that we chatted before offline about you starting your own podcast. And by the time this episode gets released, it will already be out. So I definitely, Wendy, want to give you the opportunity to share a little bit about your podcast, what it's going to be about and how people can find you yourself as well as your podcast. So a lot of information um, that we're going to squeeze in at the end, but definitely want to give you that chance. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that opportunity. Um, I guess first things first, um, my website is um, my name. So www. Oh my goodness. www.wendyshofermd.com. And then I do have a private Facebook group that's called Family in Focus. And so that's where we uh, are are working with all of the the different families that are engaged in in my program. And we're taking the podcast of the same name, Family in Focus. So I am about to record it uh, this week. And so I can't tell you exactly where it's going to be other than I want to put it everywhere. So I'm still learning how to do all of the podcast parts, but look for family and focus uh, coming to a podcast near you. Awesome. And I will definitely include all of those links in our show notes, as well as on our blog, wishwell.health.blog and our Instagram, wishwell.health. And so I'll definitely update, update everybody whenever that podcast gets released. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, any last minute bits of advice to others, um, parents alike who may be struggling with, with the whole, should, I should be doing X, Y, and Z? Honestly, you're not alone. You are not alone. Let's talk about this. Let's really kind of open up the conversation more than anything else about what kind of challenges we're having in our households right now with raising healthy kids. Um, Just considering that, you know, our, our kids right now are having so many messages that they're receiving in the community, on TV, even when they're going through the, the checkout line at the hardware store, they're being bombarded by food messages. Let's talk about what kind of messages we want to be given, what kind of patterns we want to be instilling with them. And it truly takes a village to do that. I love that. 
Well, thank you again, Wendy, so much for taking your time out to record with me today. I look forward to tuning into your podcast and can't wait to hear more from you. Thank you so much, Michelle. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know how much I love Legree Fitness. It is a high-intense, low-impact workout on a machine called a Megaformer. Did you know that you have the opportunity to purchase a home machine called a Microformer? If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the Microformer, head on over to LegreeFitness.com, or if you're ready to purchase a Microformer, go to shopmaximumfitness.com and you can use my coupon code MICHELLEDANGMD to save on your own home fitness machine. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.